0: Today on Awaken to Grace we study one of the most famous passages of the Bible, Psalm chapter 23. What does it mean that the Lord leads us beside still waters? What did David mean when he wrote, He restores my soul? We're going to unfold, unpack each verse of Psalm 23 and we're going to see some truth today that I know is going to change our lives. To take you through Psalm chapter 23. If you want to turn with me, there each phrase of Psalm 23 is special, each phrase has deep, deep meaning. And it's my prayer today that God will speak to you in such a way that fruit will remain in your life from today's sermon. Psalm chapter 23, a psalm of David, the Lord Amen. The first thing I want you to note about this psalm is the Lord is my shepherd. Now, as we are in this great series entitled The God of, we're going back through the Old Testament, we're tracing some of the Hebrew names for God, but in these Hebrew names for God, which today is Yahweh Rohi, Yahweh Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd here's the one thing you and i cannot neglect we cannot fail to see christ in each of these names as well we can't fail to see this because the old testament every page is alive with the presence of jesus We see Christ in the beginning of our series in Elohim. We saw the work of Christ in creation. And even to this very day, he sustains all things by the word of his power. We saw Christ in Jehovah Jireh in the fact that he is our provision. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We saw Christ in El Shaddai. He told the people of his day, before Abraham was, I am. We saw Christ last week as Pastor Bob preached, Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. We see that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he makes peace. He makes reconciliation between us and the Father. And so it is today, we cannot fail to see Christ in the Lord, Yahweh, Rohi, the Lord our shepherd, for in John chapter 10, what did Christ proclaim? I am the good shepherd. And I lay down my life for my sheep. Those who know my voice, they will hear my voice. They'll follow me. Isn't that what he said? He is our good, our great shepherd. So the first thing that I want you to note is we see in this Psalm what David is going to portray to us because you know, David was a shepherd boy turned king, right? And what we learn in this psalm that has changed people throughout all generations, what we've learned is that Christ is our good shepherd and we see the constant, the consistent care of the shepherd for his sheep, because it is a fact. A sheep cannot live without a shepherd. Sheep have absolutely no natural defenses. You let a cougar, you let a predator bird, You let even a fox or you let uh, some type of predator animal come around a sheep and that sheep is done for. It must have a shepherd. And what you and I see as the Bible consistently compares us to sheep, it consistently compares God to a shepherd. We see that we must have the constant shepherd consistent care of the shepherd in our life. And David goes into great detail to show us how that care actually takes place. So the conclusion in the very beginning is because the Lord is my shepherd, I'll have no wants in my life. There'll be no needs left unattended to in my life. And when I can get the perspective that God, Yahweh, he, Christ the good shepherd, cares for me. It will take away all fear out of my life. For perfect love, cast out fear. But we've not been given a spirit of fear, right? So let's go through this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, notice the next verse. He makes me lie down in green pasture. Did you know that sheep are one of the most timid, one of the most frightened creatures that God has put on the earth, everything scares a sheep. And if a sheep is frightened, if there is unrest in the flock, do you know a, a sheep will not lay down and rest? And so often there'll be tension within the flock or there'll be, the, the, you know, the, the, there'll be a predator that they sense trying to get into the fold. And when times like this, a sheep cannot lay down, a sheep cannot rest. Have you ever been in seasons of life like that? Perhaps you're listening today and you're in a season where there is no rest within your soul. You go to bed each and every night and your body sleeps, but your mind doesn't. Your body tries to get a full eight hours, but your spirit is uneasy, it's unrestful. Listen, my friends, there are times that the shepherd will need to come to us and he'll make us lie down in green pastures. He'll help us, he'll love on us, he'll remind us that he's near. He'll remind us of his protection. Today, we're calling this Yahweh, Rohi, the God of protection. Amen. And I don't know if you have ever been in a state of unrest uh, and and, and restless state. I don't know if you've ever been there and all of a sudden you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit around you and it puts you at ease. Friends, that's our shepherd making us lie down in good pastures. As Satan is buffeting my own body and trying to hinder me in, my, in this fierce trial of blindness, there are many times I'll go to the Lord and I'll say, Lord, what's your plans? How much longer? When, 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 oh God, are you going to turn this? And you know what? I'll hear the Holy Spirit say, Chad, I'm making you lie down. I'm making you lie down in green pastures. I know what Satan's doing. Don't worry about that. I'm making you lie down. This past week with Sadie, uh, Sadie and, 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 and my anniversary, uh, 10 years, we celebrated 10 years and had such a great week. And we were, we were uh, on just a short little trip because we have four kids. We can't go far. And so um, we're on this little trip and, and uh, she wants to go to the mall and uh, do a little shopping, which turned into a lot of shopping, but whatever. Uh, so I'm, uh, even when I had vision, that's the very last thing I want to do, right? I'd rather be beat with a stick. So I said, well, you know, I don't want to fumble through this mall. Just take me to the food court. It was like 1030, you know, no one there. I said, take me to the food court. I'll sit there. I'll listen to a book. I'll be just fine. I'm sitting there. The Lord begins ministering to me, begins really showing me, the tranquility that he's bringing into my life through this very blindness. Showing me how at peace he's making me. Showing me how he is, in fact, caring for me and saying, Chad, just lie down in these green, lush pastures. Just rest. All of a sudden... A group comes, empty food court, right? Nobody in there but me. And a whole group comes and sits down right beside me. Interrupts my book. Then other people come, say, I'm, uh, whole food court, why, why here? I just turned the book off. The Lord's ministering to me. And I began to listen. You know, they say when you lose one sense, your others kick in, right? Boy, does it ever. I can hear everything. <laughs> everything. I'll hear something and say to you, say, how do you hear that? I can hear everything now. It's it's sharp. It really is. I could hear everything they were saying. People walking behind me on phones and I could hear them talking. And you You know what the Lord, he said, now listen, watch. Everyone around me was angry. Everyone was frustrated. This group over here was arguing with one another. This group over here, something wasn't going right. And they were, man, walking behind me, mad, frustrated. Uh, I could hear every, and everyone I was listening to, just mad, just angry. And the Lord sat there and said, Chad, I know this is difficult. I know this is hard. But look at the tranquility in your life. You're not fighting with anyone. You're not quarreling with anyone. You're not upset. You're not worried. You're not fearful. You're not frightened. You're at the most peace you've ever been in your entire life. Because I'm making you lie down in green pastures. Friends, I don't care what Satan is doing in your life. When you learn how to look past the hand of Satan straight to the heart of God, it will make a difference in your life. And you'll understand and say, All right, Lord, make me lie down in green pastures because this is good for me. He leads me. Besides still water. Did you know that most sheep are afraid of rushing water? They're afraid of it. It scares them. But let me tell you what's more scary than a sheep being timid around rushing water are those who aren't afraid. Because those who aren't afraid are the ones who are really dumb. You know what the danger is? There are two great dangers with a sheep drinking from running water. The first danger is that they're going to get swept away by the current. They'll wade in so far and their wool will get so heavy. Before you know it, they're swept away. But listen, before we judge these little dumb sheep, how many times in our life have we got swept away by a current? How many times in our life have we got too far away from our shepherd and all of a sudden sin has swept us away? And I want to give a word of warning here because I realize there's some watching online or some in the auditorium or some listening today that you are about to get swept away with sin. And something within your little sheep heart, something within your little sheep brain says, I know what I'm doing. And you don't. Some of you are in an affair today. Some of you are contemplating walking out of your marriage. Some of you are contemplating an affair. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to sweep you away. The second danger is when a sheep gets too far in. You know what happens to it? Its wool gets heavy, it sinks and drowns. Sheep doesn't need to be around running water. But do you know what still water always represents in Scripture? It always represents the Word of God. And what a wise shepherd will do, he'll lead his flock, but before he'll get them there, he'll go and he'll put heavy rocks and he'll dam up the water and he'll make a still drinking place for his flock to drink from. You know what this says to us, friends? He leads me. Beside still water to restore my soul. Do you ever drink from the word of God? See, some of you, 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 you know, you, you have your income and you have your home and you have your, your family. You have your children. You have your career. You have your church. You have God. You should, you should be content. You should be, but you're not. You're thirsty. And you can't figure out why am I so thirsty. Why am, I so, why am I not settled? Why am I not content? God has given me so much, but I'm still thirsty. It's because you're not drinking beside the still waters of God's word. You're missing it. God's given you all these blessings, but the greatest blessing in your life is the word of God, and you're not drinking, and, and Christ, our shepherd, invites us, come and drink deeply of my word, and I'm telling you, my friends, it will quench Every thirsting of your soul. and Some of you have got thirstings today you don't know what to do with. You have thirstings in your soul that you don't know how to satisfy. And this can't quench it. And this can't quench it. And this can't... You've got to have the word of God. He leads me beside still waters. Are you drinking today from the word of God? There's another meaning to this. You know... A little body of a sheep, you you take away their wool, there's not a whole lot there. The little body of a sheep, do you know it's comprised of about 70% of water? It has to have water. But sometimes it gets a, a good amount. You know how it gets? From the dew that's on the blades of grass early in the mornings before the sun rises. Do you know what it would do for you if you began every day in God's Word? I want you to come back this Tuesday for prayer meeting because I have a very special teaching. Some of you need this teaching. And I think, I'm praying, I think we're going to take it even further into a series, but I'm going to teach this Tuesday at prayer meeting on an unhurried life. What's it mean to be unhurried? See, the Lord's teaching me how to lie down and, Green pastures. Yes, God wants us busy, but he doesn't want us hurried. You see the difference? We're going to look at the life of Christ, and we're going to see how Christ was never in a hurry. We read the Gospels as though he went from this miracle to that miracle to that teaching to this healing to this miracle, and it's just constantly on the go. But listen, Christ wasn't in a hurry. Remember when he showed up late with Lazarus? He was in no hurry. And even though Christ was busy and even though he was productive, he was not frantic and he was not in a hurry. And we're going to teach this Tuesday on an unhurried life. I want you to be here for it. He leads me beside still water. What would happen if you begin to eat every day that fresh dew, that fresh grass from God's word? It would change your day. It would change your perspective. And then I love this, he restores my soul. Now, this is the phrase I had the hardest time with. I couldn't grasp it. What's it mean for God to restore my soul? What's that? Uh, And I just kept trying to think, okay, God, what's it mean for my soul to be restored? And I just knew I was missing it. You know, I knew that there was a piece I couldn't put my finger on. And much of today's content comes out of a... Absolute classic book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It was written by Philip Keller. Philip Keller went on to be with the Lord back in the 90s. He wrote this book in 1970. Philip Keller was a shepherd. He was a sheepman as an occupation Then later in life became a pastor. And he wrote this phenomenal book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 and you should order that book if you don't own it. It's, it's tremendous. And Philip Keller helped me so much understand not only Psalm 23 but understand my own circumstance and the situation I'm facing now. And here's what Philip Keller said it means to restore a soul and, and, and it was so beautiful to me. Is it okay if I just lay this out for a moment? Listen what he says. When David wrote in the psalms when he said why is my soul cast down why are you cast down o my soul remember david said that speaking of depression and anxiety why are you cast down o my soul look to god hope in god i didn't know this did you know that the term cast down is actually an old shepherding term this is terminology that a sheep, that, that, that a sheepman will use when, when his sheep gets turned over on its back. Now say amen if you're with me right now. because It's going to be some meat, all right? We're, we're, we're coming up to the buffet part of the meat, all right? It's a steak right here. This is, this is going to be good. There's three reasons why a little sheep will end up on its back. And see, here's the danger. When a little sheep gets turned over and that sheep is on its back, it does not have the ability to turn itself back on its feet. And Keller says that the danger of this, there's there's a couple dangers when a sheep is on its back and it can't get rolled back over. The first danger is that after a while, the blood circulation gets cut off in its little four legs. And it will lay there, flaying its legs, helpless, panicked, yelling out, trying to get... But only the shepherd can help it. And the danger is that the blood circulation gets cut off. And then Keller says that if it's a hot, sunny day, that sheep will only survive a few hours before it dies. If it's lucky and it's an overcast, cool... Maybe even a rainy day. Perhaps that sheep will survive for two or three days that way. But see, here's the other danger. Predators look for sheep who are cast down. Sheep small enough, a predator bird will get it. Cougar will get it. Something will pick that little sheep off. Keller writes in his masterful way of writing in this book, he said, I spent untold number of hours just finding sheep who were cast down. He said, anytime that I would see buzzards begin to circle over my property, he said, my heart would sink. I would drop everything and I would run toward it because I knew my sheep was cast down. And he said, as I found the sheep, some sadly didn't make it, but he said, when I found a sheep that made it, he said, "I I would take the sheep and he said, I didn't scold it. And I didn't chide it. He said, I would take the sheep and I would begin to rub its little legs. Because he said, when you set it up where the blood circulation was was, uh, stopped, he said, the sheep would just fall over. He said, I would just massage and I would rub its legs. And he would say, oh, I'm so glad I found you. I'm so glad I got to you in time. How many of you know God deals with us in a kind and a bountiful way after we have strayed? How many of you felt that before? Times you've gotten away from the shepherd. Times you've went down paths of sin. Times you've got cast down. What does the shepherd do? He'll come and he'll minister to us. And he'll love us and he'll help us. There's three reasons why sheep will get cast down. Number one, because like us, sheep love to be comfortable. (laughs) You can picture it in your mind's eye, this beautiful little sheep. <laughs> He's eaten until his heart is content, right? He's eaten all of this fresh pasture. Well, after he eats, what's he want to do? What do you want to do after you eat? What are most of y'all gonna do today? <laughs> and after this little sheep has eaten, it wants to lay down and spread out. And you know what happens to this little sheep? It'll spread out and it'll turn, and as it turns ever so slightly finds a soft spot in the ground, maybe even a little hollow spot and it will get turned on its back. And all of a sudden, comfort turns to panic. Let me tell you, my friends, some of you are exhausting all of your energy to be comfortable in life. Let me tell you the good gospel news. There is no such thing as the American dream in the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's will for your life is not for you to be comfortable. Do you realize that? That's not God's will. I'm not saying don't save, don't invest. I'm not saying those things. I'm saying don't. The book of Amos says, woe unto those who are at ease in Zion. Don't get comfortable. The second reason that a little sheep will get on its back is because it got a little too fat. Sheep will eat. And eat and eat. And they'll eat everything. They'll eat all grass. They'll eat weeds. They'll even eat poisonous plants. They'll eat it all. And if a sheep gets a little overweight, you know what happens to it? It Turns on its back. It gets cast down. You know, I look at my own life and I think sometimes, am I overweight spiritually? I listen to sermon after sermon. I've got Bible after Bible after Bible. And you know, I think of these precious people in Pakistan. For almost a year now, we've, spent, we've sent Bibles every month to the Pakistani people, to new Christians who don't own a Bible. Praise God for that, amen? Are we too comfortable today? Do you have more Bibles then you can really, uh, I mean, uh, you you have your, not only do you have physical Bibles, you have your phone, you have your tablets, you have your laptops, the word of God is so accessible. And do we treat the house of God as a flippant thing where, oh, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't, maybe, you know, Where's I don't even know where my Bible is, and yet there's brothers and sisters in other parts of the world, they don't even own one. You see how easy it is for us? to be cast down and on our back if we're not careful. And then the third reason, and I love this, I know in my heart it's what God's doing to me now. A sheep will get downcast because it hasn't been sheared in a while. Now, Keller masterfully writes, and it's, it, it's so, it, oh, oh, it just puts, it just, oh, staggers me. Keller says, it's a very unpleasant thing for a sheep to be sheared. It's not only unpleasant to the sheep, it's unpleasant to the shepherd because the shepherd loves the sheep. Keller said, When I would need to shear a sheep, I would take my knife and I would begin to shear it. Well, with a sharp knife, you know what that means? The sheep's going to get cut, it's going to get pricked, and it's going to be uncomfortable. But do you realize that in the Bible, outward wool always represents sin? It always represents the old self. It always represents worldliness. And Keller says, as I would shear my sheep, I was amazed at what was in their wool. Hardened manure. Hardened mud. Ticks. burrs. All these terrible, nasty things were in the, in the wool. But he said, after I had sheared the sheep, even though it was painful, even though it was difficult, the sheep would run off in delight because it had shed all that filthiness. How long has it been since God sheared you, cut away at you, got the burrs out, got the ticks out, got the manure out of your life? Because how I many of you know things stick to us, don't they? And I can feel the Holy Spirit saying, Chad, I know you're uncomfortable. I know this is painful. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But let me shear you. And I say to God's glory, shear me, Lord. Shear me. Shear me until it's gone. Maybe you're in a place right now where you say, what is God doing? Is the shepherd shearing you? If he is, let him do his work. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Listen to what he says next. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. (laughs) I didn't know this about sheep, but like us, you'll hear that theme through the sermon. (laughs) Like us, they're habitual in nature. If a sheep is not moved, it will eat the same patch of grass until it's nothing but barren earth. And it will walk that earth until it makes a rut in the ground. Sheep eat everything. They'll decimate a field. They'll they'll so decimate it to the point it's almost beyond repair. So do you know what a shepherd has to do? He has to lead his flock into new pastures. Keller writes and says he led his flock into a new pasture every single week because they would eat everything. Not only will they eat everything and make the earth barren, but they leave their waste. And if you don't move on, think of all the parasites and the sickness that can come. Sheep have to be moved into new pastures. So Keller writes, he says he owned a massive ranch. And what he would do is divide the fields into new grazing areas In the early part of the year. And as he divided the field, he would work hard to cultivate new grass. He would sow and he would work the the, the grounds to where it's plush and it's lush pasture for them to eat on. And this is interesting. He said that when he would open the gate to a new pasture, oh, the sheep would get so excited. He said their little tails would wiggle in delight. They would go through the gate throwing their heads back in delight because they knew what it meant. It meant new fields, new pastures. And the Holy Spirit began to minister to me this week and said, Chad, let me tell you what I'm doing in your church. March 31, this great healing service that I have ordained, this is, it's as though God is opening a new gate into new pastures for our church. He's taking us into new areas, new fields that we've never been before. And the joy and the delight that the flock is going to have is going to be unbelievable. And the Holy Spirit told me, Chad, this is not an exception. This is going to become the norm. Amen. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Now. The next verse is probably the most popular in the Bible, beside John 3.16. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I didn't know this, so sheep cannot stay in the home ranch all year. They have to be led to the high country. They have to be taken to higher pastures. And in order to get there, Keller writes that around the springtime when the snow has melted and the the weather is turning and and you're getting the warm rains and warm uh, season is coming in, a shepherd will decide to take his flock off of the ranch and they'll go into the high country. But to get there, you've got to go through the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the shepherd knows what he's doing. Many of us know what it is to lose a loved one. We know what it is to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with someone that we've loved greatly. Let me tell you what the Bible says about that. Psalm 116 verse 15. The Bible says, Precious, In the eyes of the Lord are the death of his saints. Now, notice what that says. It does not have any stipulations to it. It doesn't say precious in the eyes of the Lord are clean deaths, or easy deaths, or good deaths, or old age deaths. It doesn't say precious in the eyes of the Lord are those who die under such conditions. No, there are no stipulations. It says precious in the eyes of the Lord are the death of his saints. Every death is precious in the eyes of the Lord, even if in our eyes it's loss or it's tragedy or it's too soon. In the eyes of the shepherd, it's precious. Do you know what that verse tells me? That verse tells me something about my shepherd. It says that he knows something about death that we don't know until it's our time even though I walk through the valley of the shadow. Why is it a shadow? Shadow can't harm you. Why is it a shadow? Because Christ took the reality. It's a shadow because Christ suffered the reality. Therefore, for us today, it's simply a shadow. I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod And your staff, they comfort me. Now how important a rod was to a shepherd. How important his staff was. You know what the rod was used for? Oh my. Now like us, sheep love to stray. Some sheep just have a knack for figuring out how to get outside the fold. But there's two problems with that. The first problem is that this little sheep who's cared for, who's loved whose every need is met, who has the tender watchfulness of the shepherd. This little sheep has no idea what's outside the fold. He has no clue the dangers, the predators that would devour him. Keller writes, and it stunned me when he wrote this. Keller writes and says in his great book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, he says, today, people people look at Christians as though we're crazy because we believe in a literal Satan. And the world would look and go, how can you believe that? The devil is a figment of the imagination. He's he's a cultural thing. He's this little red guy with a pitchfork. How could you believe in something as though the devil? But let me tell you, you can see the tracings of the devil everywhere. You can see the carnage that he leaves behind. Keller wrote and said, In all of my decades of shepherding, I never once saw a cougar. But many times, I walked onto my ranch and I saw the carnage of a cougar but yet I never saw one but I saw the damage it left behind they have no idea what awaits them outside the fold but here's the second problem with when a sheep strays he don't go by himself they take their little buddies with them. and when one sheep figures out how to get outside the fold they take others with them. let me tell you friends you be careful who you're friends with You be careful who speaks into your life. You be careful what you let into your heart. You get around negative people. You get around people who always got a problem with this and always got a problem with that. And they don't ever have anything but something negative to say. They'll lead you astray. And I know what you're thinking in your little sheep heart. I know what you're thinking in your little sheep mind. Oh, I'm too smart for that. No, you're not. And I'm not either. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. You Be careful who you're around. So let me tell you what a shepherd does. He takes his rod. Now, you ready for this? Because this is going to break your heart. The 9 a.m. crowd already scolded me and said, Oh, that's a terrible story. <clears throat> as painful as it is, a shepherd will take a, a straying sheep, one that keeps getting out and leading others he'll take that little leg of that sheep that leg that no doubt he's massaged and strengthened and helped when it was cast down and he'll stretch that little leg out and he'll take his rod and he'll break it can you imagine what that does to the heart of a shepherd when that little sheep cries out because you broke its leg but let me tell you what happens that wise That loving shepherd will take that little leg of the sheep and he'll set it. He'll put oil on it. He'll bandage it. He'll make sure that little leg is going to grow back and it's going to heal and it's going to be right. But you know what happens until that little leg heals? Everywhere the shepherd goes, the sheep is carried. When that sheep goes to bed, it sleeps at the heart of the shepherd. When he drinks water, he's watered by the shepherd. When he eats, he's fed by the shepherd. Everywhere the shepherd is, that sheep is with him. And how many of you know, you you can look back in times of your life where you would have strayed. You would have got into sin. And what did God do? He got your attention. He broke your little leg. And it hurt in the moment. It hurt at the time. But what happened? You've never strayed again. You've stayed right with the shepherd. And that's the miracle of what happens. That little sheep will never stray again. He'll always stay close to the shepherd. Your rod. Your staff, they comfort me. Then he says something interesting as we begin to close today. Are you enjoying Psalm twenty-three? There's so much to it, isn't there? He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. See, a shepherd has to prepare the ground. You realize that? Before the sheep go in, the shepherd has to watch. The feeding grounds. He, he'll go in and he'll look for sharp rocks that they don't cut themselves. He'll look for poisonous weeds because sheep will eat poisonous weeds. They don't know the difference. I mean, let, let me just give a word to some of you. Some of you have no idea what you're consuming right now. You think you can watch whatever you want, listen to whatever you want, be around whatever you want, and you think that nothing will hurt you, and you don't realize the stuff you're putting in your mouth. You don't realize the poison you're ingesting. So what a shepherd will do is he'll go and he'll look for sharp rocks. And this is what our shepherd does. He removes the rocks of sin, things we would cut ourselves on. He'll go in, he'll look for poisonous plants. He'll uproot them. Let me tell you, the shepherd will take bitterness, the deep roots of bitterness, and he'll uproot them out of your life. Here's my favorite. David says, he prepares the table in the presence of my enemies. What did David mean? See, particularly in Palestine, there's a certain venomous snake, a brown, poisonous snake, called an adder snake. An adder loves to strike sheep. You can picture this little sheep with his little tail wagging. And he's, he's feeding. And all of a sudden, out of a snake hole, this adder comes and strikes it on the snout. What a shepherd will do, he'll cover those snake holes or often he would take oil and he would pour it all down the hole, making it so slick. He prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. Then, quite interesting, he anoints my head with oil. Do you know why a shepherd will anoint the head of a sheep with oil? This is beautiful. He'll do it for two reasons. Number one, to eliminate frustrations. Number two, to eliminate conflict. Now think about this. Uh, Probably my biggest uh, dislike of summer is all of the insects and all that junk, right? I love it when fall comes and all the insects, all the spiders, all the flies, all that stuff goes away, right? Well, a good saying is this. While bugs bug people, they'll kill sheep. Now this is a little gross, so if you want to go to the bathroom now, to would be a good time. Let, let me just get a little gross for a second, but it's important that we know this. Flies are attracted to sheep. They'll lay their eggs in the soft membrane of a sheep's snout. And when those little eggs hatch, they work their way up the snout and into the brain of the sheep. In severe infestations, it can cause a sheep to go blind. But what happens is when these, when these flies will go up into the snout of a sheep, it will torment it. It will rub its snout deep into the soil. It will even hit its head against the trunk of trees or against rocks. Anything to try to relieve the frustration, the tension. And a good shepherd will see this coming. Do you know what a good shepherd will do? He'll take oil which is an insect repellent and he'll rub it into the snouts of the sheep preventing those flies from laying their eggs. Do you realize today that God doesn't want you to live frustrated? Do you realize that God doesn't want you constantly embattled, constantly fearful, constantly up in arms, always, always frustrated? God doesn't want you to live this way. No, what he does is he sends the Holy Spirit, the helper. He'll anoint you with his Holy Spirit to handle these frustrations. What would happen if you began your week tomorrow morning, if when you woke up, if you said whatever frustrations you face, what would happen if you began to say, God, anoint me with the Holy Spirit. Help me to handle the frustrations. Your boss frustrates you, your employees Frustrate you, your team members frustrate your spouse frustrates you, your kids frustrate you. Apply the oil of the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, take away these frustrations now. You know why else oil was important? It prevented conflict. You know what Rams love to do when they're trying to catch the eye of the ewes? You know what they love to do? They'll fight each other. They'll bust heads. And you know what a wise shepherd will do? He'll anoint the oil of the rams during mating season. And you know what happens when these rams begin to collide? Instead of having a head-on collision, they'll just brush off each other. And they'll stand there and look foolish. Let me tell you something, friend. Somebody messing with you? Picking on you? Trying to collide with you? trying to cause quarrels, cause fights, cause trouble. Say, Holy Spirit, anoint me to where whatever comes against me just brushes off. I don't want to fight. I want to lie in green pastures. I want to drink beside the still waters. I want to know the contentment that the shepherd gives his sheep. Then he said, my cup overflows. And surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Let me tell you, Christian. Let me tell you, sheep. You who belong to the shepherd. You don't need the wickedness of a horoscope in your life. That's wicked. You don't need tarot cards. You don't need psychic readings. You don't need all that sinful thing. You know, I can tell you your future right now. Surely, goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life. That's the future of sheep. So when you go through difficulties, when you have hard days, you stop yourself and you go, oh no, no. Mercy and goodness is in hot pursuit of me. They're right behind me. And Keller masterfully says, when the summer's over and the air turns cooler, it's time to come off the mountain." It's time to go back to the home ranch. And for the rest of the winter, these beautiful little sheep are going to stay in the care of the shepherd at the home ranch. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And so shall I ever dwell in the house of the Lord. Amen. I don't know what you're dealing with today. I don't know what's frightening you. I don't know what you're restless concerning. I don't know what you're afraid of. I don't know what you're worried about. But I know this, the shepherd knows. And today, if you're frightful, Keller said, nothing would calm the flock more in the middle of the night than when I stepped into it. And when the sheep saw the shepherd, They would lie down and they would sleep. You need to put your eyes on the shepherd today. You need to get out of the waters. You don't belong there. You need to stop getting outside the fold. You don't belong there. You need to get as close to the shepherd today as you can possibly get because he loves you and he cares for you. Why don't you come back today to the shepherd? Why don't you come today and say, Jesus, I wanna be right at your heart right at your side don't make the Lord break your little leg cause he chastens those whom he loves come back today come back and say shepherd I'm not gonna leave your side today if you're frightened if you're worried if you're concerned if you're carrying burdens that you don't need to carry if you're away from the fold I don't care there'll be a hundred different reasons whatever you need from the shepherd today. Maybe you're, maybe you're, you're, fan, you're, you're just in a, in a panic, and maybe you need to say, God, I'm going to come today, and I'm going to learn how to lie down in green pastures. I'm going to come to this altar, and God, when I do, just make me lie down. Just deal with me gently, Lord. Deal with me bountifully. Deal with me kindly. And I tell you what God's going to do. He's going to rub your legs. <laughs> He's going to massage you. He's going to tell you, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad. I love you. I'm so glad. We're going to pray today. And as we pray, I want you to come to the altar. If you need to get closer to your shepherd. Lord, I thank you for Psalm 23. I thank you, God. I thank you for what it means. I thank you for the meaning, for the deep, deep meaning. I thank you for helping us, God. I thank you that when we stray, you don't leave us to ourselves. I thank you, God, that when we're cast down and we're flipped over and we're panicking, You don't leave us to the predator, God. You come, you run. You leave the 99 and you come and you find us. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you, God, that you're causing us to lie down. I thank you, God, that you're leading us into new pastures. Hallelujah. You're leading us into these new areas, oh God. You're leading us, oh God, you're leading us. I thank you, God, that you're walking with us through the valley of the shadow of death. And God, we have no fear because you're with us. I thank you, God, for every time you use your rod. I thank you for every time you shear me, God. I thank you for every time you comfort me with your staff. I thank you for every time that you prepare a table in the presence of my enemy. Rejoice not over me, oh, my enemy. Rejoice not over me, for even when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be light to me, as the book of Micah says. You prepare a table the presence of my enemies. I thank you, God, you're anointing our heads with oil. You're taking out the frustrations. You're taking out the conflicts. I thank you, God, that our cup overflows. Mercy and goodness are in hot pursuit of us, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked, because I belong to you, Lord. I belong to Thank you for marking me. Thank you for claiming me. Thank you for owning me. Thank you for purchasing me. Thank you God for bringing me into the fold. Thank you God. Thank you God. Oh God. Oh God. Those who are in the world, bring them back. Those who are straying God, bring them back. They have no business out there. God, bring them back. Bring them back. Those who would be out in the in the bars and in the world and around. God, bring them back. They have no business there. No business. No business. No business. God, those who would be in, 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 in these uh, swift currents, oh God. Those who would be in swift currents. Those who are walking away from marriages. Those who are in affairs and ungodly things. Save them, God. Rescue them. help us God help us oh God help us help us oh God we don't know what's best for us we don't know we're sheep we don't know we need the shepherd keep us in the flock keep us in the fold Lord those who are cast down today those who are depressed those who are isolated those that the predator God would pick off if he could God would you rescue them would you turn them over Lord would you put them on their feet would you massage their legs, Lord? Would you, would you help them to stand? Would you bring them home? Would you bring them home, God? Come on, I, I feel the this Holy Spirit pressing this. Those of you that have wayward children, those of you who have wayward grandchildren, those who have children that your heart's breaking because they're in the world, come on, let's pray for them right now. God, go after them, Lord. Those who are cast down, go after them, Lord. Leave the fold. We're safe. We're the 99. We're, we're okay. God, go after the ones who are lost. Go after the ones, Lord. Go after them, Lord. The ones that Satan is prowling about, seeking whom he may destroy. God, don't leave them to themselves. Those who are stubborn, those who will go on their own, those who, they don't understand, God, they don't know the danger that's out there. God, would you save them from themselves, oh God. Save them from themselves save them from themselves in jesus name in jesus name in jesus name in jesus name name. help us lord help us if you need to pray i want you to come right now don't quench the holy spirit don't quench don't quench him some of you need to repent you need to repent right now don't quench him some of you are out places you have no business it's not the fold you're outside the fence and i'm telling you satan's as a roaring lion Some of you got secrets in your life today. Secrets your spouse doesn't even know. Secrets that if if anyone knew, you'd be so embarrassed. But let me tell you, the shepherd knows. And let me tell you, Satan knows. And I'm telling you, he'll devour you. He'll absolutely devour your family. He'll devour your life. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit pressing this. You need to repent today. You need to repent. You need to repent. God's dealing with you. He has been dealing with you. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. Don't walk out the doors without repenting. Come back. Come back to the shepherd. Come back. Come back. Don't be swept. Don't be swept away. Don't be devoured. As they sing, come pray. As they sing, people will pray with you.